Thanks for joining us at Faith Bible Chapel. We hope the message you're about to hear encourages your day and brings you closer to Jesus. If you'd like to join us for service, find a small group, or simply find out more about the church, stop by our website at www.faith.church. We are continuing this series, and it's really been amazing as we walk through the book of Mark, and it's really been remarkable, no pun intended there, but it's been a lot of fun as we've been walking with Jesus, and we've seen him interacting with people, and transforming people, and calming storms, and casting out demons, and healing the sick, and dealing with criticism from from the religious leaders of the time. And so today we're coming to a a real special portion in, uh, in Scripture that it's really special to me. I've been aware of it for, for, for a long time. It's been a very significant portion of Scripture in my own life. And, uh, and I pray God does something in your life today. And we come to this portion today that, that God meets us fresh and new. And I titled this morning this message called Reaching Out or Reaching and Touching God's Power. It's important that we understand today that God is the same yesterday as He is today, as He will be forever. He's a God of power. Do you believe that today? And so we come to this passage and this incredible story of a precious woman who encounters God and encounters Jesus. And so let's jump in the story and let's join this, this, this incredible interaction of Jesus to this precious woman today. Mark chapter 5, starting in verse 21 says, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, remember last week we talked about, he went over, he sailed over the, over, over the lake, um, he calmed the storm the week before, and uh, actually not the week before, but on his way there, we, we looked at it the week before, he, he landed on the shores, he delivered the man who was demonically um, possessed and gave him a, fr- a new sense of life and freshness, and he encountered. Then they came back over the lake or over the Sea of Galilee, and when they got back to the other side, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet, and he pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. And this is the, this is the beginning of this, of this journey. And you think, oh, it's going to kick off from there. And he's going go to go to Jairus' house and heal his daughter. But actually something happens on the way. And that we're, that's what we're going to look at today. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought this, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt her body that she was free from her suffering. At once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him and he turned around to the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, Jesus, don't you? The disciples answered, and yet you can ask who touched me? In other words, Jesus, that's crazy. But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembled with fear, told him the whole truth, told him everything. And he said to her daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Here we have this incredible encounter of Jesus meeting this precious woman who was struggling 
in the middle of this crowd where everyone was elbowing each other and jockeying for position. And Jesus was famous. Everybody knew who Jesus was. They're trying to get selfies with him and post on their Instagram. And they're like, come on, look, look, with Jesus. Jesus, can you smile? You know, they're taking pictures and all this kind of stuff. Because they wanted to touch Jesus. But this desperate, suffering, weak woman didn't hardly have enough strength to push through the crowd. And so she slipped down to the ground in a very humble place and beneath people and crawled until she was finally able to reach out and touch. And the translation is the hem of his garment. The the real translation is the edge of his prayer shawl that every Jewish man wore. Instantly, the Bible says she was healed and Jesus stopped and said, who touched me. And the disciples were probably like thinking like, Jesus, what are you talking about? Peter was there, kind of rolled his eye, like, well, duh, I don't know who touched you. I don't know what you, like, look at all the people. Everybody's touching you. Everybody's grabbing for you. But Jesus insisted, no, hang on. Someone touched me. Something has happened in someone's life, and I want to find out exactly what's going on. So here we have this incredible miracle. And when Jesus, another thing is important for you to understand today, when Jesus asked the question, who touched me, the translation of that word touched isn't this, this lightly brushing of, of his garment. No, no, it, it's, it means to grab a hold of, to forcefully reach out to, to grab a hold of. And that's what this woman did. She reached out and she clung to Jesus because she was desperate. She didn't gently reach out one hand or one finger and just touch him. No, she grabbed him like a drowning person grabs a life raft or a life ring. And that's the kind of touch, my friends, that always gets Jesus' attention. When you're suffering, when you're hurting, when you have one, all you have is Jesus and you call out to him. That's when Jesus responds to you. This woman received from Jesus a miracle. And I believe that today that you can receive a new miracle in your own life from Jesus. Do you believe that today? In this service, I know this, I know on a weekend like this, we'll have a couple thousand people that will come through our doors with different things going on in your lives, and I don't know all the details, but what you need to know, what I want you to know today is is this, is that Jesus knows exactly every one of us. One, he knows that you're suffering. He knows that you're hurting. The other, other one is he knows where you're suffering and where you're hurting. And he wants to meet you today. And he knows what you need. And he knows is this, is you could try to do it all on your own. He knows that maybe you've tried a lot. You try to fix a lot of things. But this is what he knows, that you cannot fix whatever you're dealing with and suffering with without his power in your life. But like this woman, many times we have to reach out. We have to take a step. We have to, it's an act of our own will to do something to reach out and touch Jesus. That's what is called throughout Scripture. It's called a step of faith. Doing something outside of the ordinary that you normally wouldn't do, but you're doing it because you've had enough of the situation that you're in. You've tried this and you've tried that, which we're going to look at this woman, but you take a step and you reach out and you try something maybe you've never done before. And I know even this morning, as we gather, there are many ways that we can get hold of Jesus in our lives. And we, could, we can get a hold of him through worship and through singing. Just a couple weeks ago, one of our worship directors, Joe Carpenter, was actually leading with a team at worship in Chicago. And there was a woman who was there who had lost her eyesight on her left side because of MS. And during worship, she reached out and she grabbed a hold of Jesus. And she came bouncing up on the stage because Jesus had given her her sight back during worship. 
You can get a hold of Jesus by hearing the word of God when it's preached on Sunday morning and believing it and, and taking a step and activating your faith. That's, you can get a hold of Jesus through that. You can get a hold of Jesus through the giving of your finances depending on whatever you're facing. It's a step. And whatever it is, it's the step of faith that connects us to God's best for our lives. It's all free. It's all available. But somehow God invites us to take a step. Everybody say a step. And reach out and take a hold of God's power. It's there. It's available. We just have to reach out and grab it. And this powerful story of this woman shows us that when we reach out to God's power, that God's power reaches out to us. And Jesus can meet us in your need today. He can meet you right where you are. He can meet you in your pain. He can meet you in your suffering. That is what I know of the God that I serve. So point number one from this incredible story is all of us in this room, it's important we understand that number one, you can bring Jesus your suffering. You can bring Jesus your suffering. Jesus cares for those who are in trouble. He cares for those who are in desperate situations. He cares for those who are suffering like this woman that we see in this picture, in the story. And she brought to Jesus her suffering. The first thing she brought to Jesus, and you can bring the same thing to Jesus today, is number one, she brought physical pain to him. She had been suffering for 12 years with a blood disorder. And our amazing bodies, anyone who studies the, the human body, you, the more you study the human body, the more you realize, man, we are beautifully and wonderfully made. It is, it is only, it's like the more you study, you're like, how, does my blood, how do my blood cells know to attack this and white ones to do this? When there's affection, they know to do this. I don't do anything about that. How does my heart know to beat, my lungs know to breathe? Why? Because we, we have been touched by our creator, a divine God who created us. And therefore, the, the closer probably you study the human body, the more that you get, the closer you can get to God because you see the mastery in it all. But our bodies have blood that flows through it. The heart pumps it through the extremities. The lungs fill the, the blood with oxygen to bring healing and life to the areas of our body. And then also what happens when our, with our blood is that when it leaves the body, when you're cut, it coagulates, thus stopping the blood and stopping blood from running out of you because blood is the source of our lives. But this woman was bleeding and it wasn't stopping. It wasn't coagulating. It, 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 there was something wrong. And so she was weak. She was anemic. She was trembling. She was shaking under the vulnerability of her own flesh. And some of us today, you can relate to the suffering from this woman. Because maybe you're living with some kind of chronic medical problem today. And you're suffering and you are in need of a touch from Jesus. I want you to know something. One, Jesus knows your suffering. Two, Jesus has the power to heal your suffering and that you can bring your suffering to Jesus today. The second thing that this woman brought to Jesus that we can also bring to Jesus in our struggles and our suffering is number two, she brought her financial struggle to Jesus. This woman had spent all of her money. The scripture says all of her money on doctors, and they, they hadn't helped her. In fact, the scripture says that she, had, she, is, she was now worse than what she had started. 
And these times, actually, the doctors didn't understand medical science. They didn't understand the human body. And so they, they just tried different things. And there was a lot of kind of weird superstitions that they would do. And, and it was, it was kind of like the, the olden days that we read about even today with, with bloodletting. And why did they do that? Well, they didn't know any better. And there were these superstitions where you could, like, take a duck egg and burn it and put the ashes in, in a pouch and carry it around with you. And somehow that would help you. And this woman was desperate because she needed something and someone to help her because she was ostracized in her, in her, in her life now, which, which I'll talk about in just a moment. But she had tried everything. And she had spent all of her money. And she had tried this treatment and that treatment and that treatment and that treatment. And now all that had changed in her life is that she was broke and she had no other place to go. She'd spent all of her money on these ineffective cures. And some of us probably can relate to this precious woman in her suffering. Because maybe we tried to get ahead financially. And maybe we, we thought, man, this is going to be the answer. And this is going to be the solution of our financial struggle. And if we can just get this in place. And so we, we set off down a pathway to get the answer of our financial provision. And all of a sudden you get down there. And, and this thing fell through. And this thing didn't happen. And you find yourself at a, at, at a place that you were they're worse off than what you started with. This is what I know. Is that you can bring your financial struggle to Jesus today. Even in our stupid decisions of financial decisions, even in our, in, in, our, in, in our emptiness of saying, I shouldn't have done that, I should have known better, Jesus can still meet you. If you are suffering, then you can bring all the suffering and all the struggle to Jesus today because he is a kind and gracious God and he's just waiting for you to come to him. The other thing this precious woman brought to Jesus was, number three, she brought her emotional suffering. This precious woman at the time, was, she was considered an outcast. According to Leviticus 15, her, her bleeding disorder made her ceremonially unclean, continually, continuously. So it's one thing to be, to be unclean for a season and then to cleanse yourself and now be clean again. But maybe she thought it was just a season. But time had gone by, time had gone by, and she was unclean. Any chair or any bed she would sit on or, or lay on became unclean. She really wasn't even supposed to be out in this crowd that we find today. She was supposed to stay away from everybody else. And any person actually who, who was to come into the, 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 the smallest contact with her had to wash their clothes, had to bathe themselves because they themselves, according to the Old Testament law, according to that, they themselves then were unclean as well. And so she was required, think about this, she was required to walk around and let everyone know that she's unclean by yelling, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. It became her identity. It became who she was known for. Nobody knew her first name probably anymore. All they know is that's the woman that's unclean. Stay away from her. She could have had moments of walking down the street of maybe a family walking, all of a sudden them stopping and getting their children and crossing on, on the other side. Her, her emotional state was very broken, very hurting. Feelings of rejection, feelings of shame, feelings of I, I can't fix this. I, I can go and I can bathe as much as I, as I want, but I can never get clean until the bleeding stops. 
Some of us, maybe some of you today, you feel the same sense of loneliness or isolation. Maybe you're not ceremonially unclean, but you feel like you're an outcast. Maybe because of something in your life. Maybe today when you walked in the church, you, instead of church being a place where you can come and, and meet God, there's, the church has somehow be, become a place where you come and you think everyone is staring at you, everyone's judging you, everyone's against you because you're emotionally hurt. Because maybe something that's happened to you in the past or something that's, that's happening to you now or someone at church was, said something incredibly rude and not godly to you and, and you just feel like the church doesn't want me, the church, and you feel unclean. And you feel like an outcast. Maybe it's something in your past that you're like, oh no, I can't ever tell anybody. Maybe it's something in your life. Maybe it's a divorce. Maybe it's bankruptcy. Maybe it's a DUI. Maybe it's an arrest that happened. And you've been shamed. And you've lost confidence and feel unclean. Please hear me today. Jesus can restore you and lift your chin up and give you your life back. Jesus can heal you, and he can restore your hurting and broken emotions, just like he did this woman. The question for all of us in these areas of our, of our physical um, suffering or our financial struggle and our emotional suffering is this. Will you reach out to him today? Today, you might relate to one of these people or one of these attributes of suffering and I just want you to know this today, that you can bring them to Jesus. So many times we live underneath this, these false pressures of performance. And we think, no, before I bring them to Jesus, I, I have to get my life right. Or before, I can't bring them to Jesus because then I'll have to talk to someone in the church and they'll judge me. And, and I, I can't come clean because then this will happen. Listen, this church will be a place that carries out the purpose of Jesus. And Jesus said, I came to this world not to condemn it, but to save it. That's what this church is going to be. That's what our heart's going to be. And I want you to know today that Jesus isn't standing with a long religious finger pointing at your nose and having you quiver in a corner till you feel bad enough about yourself. He is standing with his arms open wide saying, I want you to come. I want to restore you. That's why I gave my life and I'm calling you to come closer to me. That's what Jesus is doing today. You can bring your suffering to Jesus. Another great truth from this miracle it's important for us to understand the cost of Jesus healing people. And number two is this, the power or, or Jesus' power was made available to you at a cost. It's at a cost. It cost Jesus something in this encounter with this woman. Jesus, the crowds were pressed against him. And Jesus knew it when someone reached out in faith and received their healing. He knew it. He thought, wait a minute. The Bible says that once Jesus realized that power had gone out to him, that it, it had touched someone, that, that it had left him and gone into someone else. For me, what I've learned in, in ministry is that uh, sometimes it's exhausting, whether you're preaching or you're leading worship, or you're ministering at the altar over people, or you're ministering to kids up in, the, uh, up in our Sunday school, or no matter what it is, if you're pouring out of your spirit 
and giving to someone else, it is exhausting. I, I have to be honest with you, I've done a lot of things in my life. I've worked on a farm. I've, I've actually worked at a dot-com company. I was a manager for a while, and I've been in ministry for now over 20 years. The reality is this, the ministering to people and from the, from the Word of God to people or praying for people or leading worship, is, it's the most exhausting thing I've ever done. I don't understand it. Sometimes it doesn't make a lot of sense why I'm so tired. But the reality is there's something that happens. And we saw, we see Jesus being tired as well. He was fully man and he was fully God. So he, he endured what man also endures. And in ministry, it can be mentally and spiritually exhausting to pull yourselves out. And this is what was happening to Jesus. But what Jesus is talking about here is actually much deeper than that. Everything Jesus offers us always comes at a huge cost to him. And as he's ministering and he's healed and he's delivering people, he was tired. And that's why we often read that Jesus was tired and Jesus got away to, to be encouraged by his father and Jesus got away from the crowds. And he, we find, that's why we find him sleeping in the boat as we studied as they went across the Sea of Galilee. In the middle of a storm, he was exhausted and was zonked out, snoring in a corner because he had just ministered and prayed for people. He was always giving so much of himself to people around him. And when this woman touches Jesus, he feels a loss of power. And I believe that it was he at that moment that took her uncleanness because she was unclean. Took her sickness because she was sick. And there was a divine exchange that happened at that moment. And he imparted, he took all, that, all of her impurity and he imparted to her health and purity, restoring her. When Jesus healed this is so important to know. When he, when, when he forgave, when he calmed the storm, when he cast out the demons that we've been seeing, when he addressed religious critics and then had to process through all of the, the pressures against him and everything they were saying about him that wasn't true, he was giving from who he was to other people around him. And when Jesus went to the cross and he laid down his life, he was giving what only he could give for us. He gave what we couldn't give for our salvation. And he did it as a free gift. And all we have to do is reach out and take it. Just like this woman had by faith. If I could just touch the edge of his garment, I would be healed. It's the same way with our own salvation. Because of what Jesus has given, if we will just reach out and take hold of it. So many people struggle under shame and guilt and, condom and, 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 and condemnation because of sin. And Jesus is saying, I went to the cross for that suffering, for you. All you have to do is reach out and take my forgiveness. The prophet Isaiah, in Isaiah 53, writes this amazing prophetic declaration of what Jesus would come to do. And he was led by the Holy Spirit to convey exactly what our salvation would cost Jesus. And I want us to look at this wonderful verse today just so we can have a, a greater perspective of this. Notice what Jesus paid and allowed to, to take and what he allowed to go in him and on him into himself for our salvation. Isaiah 53, 5 says this, For he was pierced for our transgressions. Everyone say pierced. 
There, there was a piercing that came for our transgressions. That means that Jesus allowed the Roman soldiers, he allowed them to drive nails into his hands and his feet, all because of my transgressions and my sins. Then it says, the next, it says, he was crushed. Everybody say crushed. He was crushed for our iniquities. That means Jesus bore my sins, your sins, in his body on a tree until he literally crushed, he was crushed beneath the weight of all of our iniquities. He had, there was a cost for your salvation. The next thing is this, that then the punishment, say the punishment. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. The punishment that brought us peace. Here's the reality. God is a holy God, and he has to judge sin. There, there is a judgment towards sin. And all of us are born into sin. We are born fallen, sinful individuals. The capacity for, for evil in a human being is staggering because we're born into sin. And so what is the punishment for sin? One, it is death. And two, it is hell. That's the punishment. And Jesus experienced the hell of my separation from God. Yes, we think hell is this sense where there's flames and you're going to burn and not be consumed. No, no, no. Hell is a separation from the presence of God. That would be the most scariest, emptiest, most dark abyss that you could ever be. You could ever be in because you no longer would feel the constraint and the love and the presence of God, even if you rejected him your whole life. Hell is the place where God's presence is not. That's why Jesus, though, took our sin on himself. That's why he cried out, my God, my God. Jesus cried out on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was at the moment that he, who was no sin, became sin. And in that moment of becoming sin, felt the hell and the separation that you and I have from God because of our sin. He suffered the torment and the pain. Why? So that we could have peace with God and by his wounds we can be healed. That's why. That's what it costs Jesus to heal this woman or to heal us of our sin and of our sickness. By his stripes or his wounds, we are healed. That's what it cost him. No matter what your trouble or your suffering today, I just want you to know something. Jesus can meet you and you can access his power today by a moment of faith. One more truth from this encounter with Jesus is this truth. Number three, Jesus, after he meets us, invites us to publicly declare his power. This is what he did for this woman. When Jesus asked, who touched me? He wasn't asking for information. Listen, anytime that God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know the information. It's for our good that he asks us the question. Out of compassion for this woman, he was given her a chance, one to publicly confess what had happened to her, to tell them, I'm no longer unclean. I've been healed. I've been set free. My, I, my dignity has been restored. My value has been restored. I am healed, and Jesus did that for me. The Bible says the woman, knowing what had happened to her, 
came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. She told him the story. I've tried this, and I've done this, and, and I've gone here, and I've been rejected, and I'm alone, and no one wants to be with me, and I'm broke, and I don't know what to do. Jesus didn't want this woman to slip away in the crowd of, uh, to the place of obscurity, being healed and set free. He wanted her to tell everyone around what had happened to her. This is the same truth for us today. Jesus wants us to go public with what he has done in our lives. He wants us to tell the world that Jesus has changed our lives. He wants us to declare the goodness of his son Jesus that has transformed us, that has saved us, that has given us a new start, a new home, a new life. And he invites us to confess our faith in him to people around us. And we can declare his power through all different types of things. One of the ways is declaring it through baptism. Baptism is the public declaration of an internal reality, what's happened to you. It's a public declaration that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I I have been buried with him and risen to live a new life. But also we can live it by how, how we live our lives. We can tell it by how we live our lives. Through our generosity through our love for one another, but at some point, as we interact with people in our lives, at some point, we have to tell them, listen, i got to tell you the reason why I'm different, the reason why I I am the way that I am, the reason why I have peace in the midst of the storm is because Jesus is the reason that I'm different. We have to speak it out. We have to declare it. It can be as simple as saying that Jesus has changed my life. It's Jesus that allows me to find strength, and it's the same in this story. This is such a powerful story today, and when we hear it, we're so moved, and we think, man, this, this is such a beautiful picture of God's grace and his love to this precious woman who had lost all hope. She had been rejected. She, had, she was not what she used to be. She'd lost her dignity, her reputation, her money, and one day she touched Jesus, and Jesus touched her, and she didn't know her life was ever going to be different than what it was until she found Jesus and her life was totally changed. This woman, what I love about this this passage is she completely embodied what, what the psalmist wrote in Psalm 103 about what God gives us. And I, I don't know where you are today, but this is what I know. I know that our God is good. I don't understand all the nuances of healing and God's deliverance and and why some some are healed and some are not. But what I do know is this, is that our God holds the ability and the power to heal us. And we can reach out by a step of faith and touch God's power. But this woman had just experienced what David had written about in Psalm 103. I want us to look at this just for a moment. For five verses, this is what David writes. Praise the Lord, my soul. All my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. This woman was singing this psalm, who satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. How many is grateful for that promise? That's a good promise. But there was also another man who experienced Psalm 103. He was actually teaching from this psalm. And he was a Baptist minister. And maybe some of you have seen this video online before, but I wanted to share it with you this morning. He was a Baptist minister, and his name was Pastor Dwayne Miller. He was actually pastoring a church in Texas when 
and on a Sunday as he was preaching, he became really ill and sick, and it was a, it was a viral thing, and it came, came over him. But this virus that he caught actually attacked the tissues of his vocal cords, and he lost his speaking voice. And after the doctors had told him that it was a permanent thing, he's not going to get his voice back. I mean, it's kind of important for a pastor to be able to, to have a voice. He just resigned, and he realized, I can't lead this church and he tried to figure out what he was going to do vocationally. But he was still a, a minister, a Baptist minister. And he was still active in the church. And he was still actually a great teacher. So he was asked to teach a Sunday school class one morning. And he reluctantly said, yes. And so he began to teach from Psalm 103, the verse that we just read. And he referred to Isaiah 53 as we have this morning. But I just want you to, I, I want us to kind of join his Sunday school class today with Pastor Dwayne. I want you to hear and experience how God touched him as he was laboring to talk about the goodness of God through God's Son, Jesus. So when the psalmist writes, and he heals all of my diseases, let me say to you that I believe God still heals. That hasn't ended. That is not over. Now you have to be careful on how you do this. Because there are folks who carry things to an excess and it becomes a show. And God has never intended that that be what it is. God heals in his sovereign will. I don't know why God does things that he does. But I know that he does. And the only thing he requires of me is to allow him to be God and me to be me and let it be to say that every single person will always be healed because jesus died on the cross is a misinterpretation of scripture not true won't work isaiah 53 doesn't talk about physical healing i'm sorry that's just not the context and to impress that there causes a misinterpretation of scripture that's wrong on the other hand, to say that, since we don't have anything after the book of Acts, that miracles ended at the book of Acts and they never happen again, is equally as wrong. Because you have put God in a box both ways. And he doesn't want to be in the box. So, the psalmist says, I'm excited, bless the Lord, O my soul. One of his benefits is, he heals all of my diseases. And then in verse 4 he says, and he redeems my life from the pit. Now, I like that verse just a whole lot. I have had, and you have had in times past, pit experiences. We've both had, we've all had times when our life seemed to be in a pit, in a grave. And we didn't have an answer for the pit we find ourselves in. And I don't understand this right now. I'm but overwhelmed at the moment. I'm not quite sure what to say or do. 
I'm, uh, <laughs> sounds funny to say at a loss for words. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. I. He redeems my life from the pit <laughs> and crowns me with love and compassion. He satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious. The Lord is slow to anger. Lord is abounding in love. The Lord will not accuse, nor will He harbor His anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. That's mercy. Or repay us according to our iniquities. That's mercy. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is His love for those who fear Him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. I can just imagine that many of us I can just imagine this morning that many of us have areas of our lives that need the power of Jesus. What is this is something you need to know. What is impossible with man is possible with God. That's his promise. Whether it is you're facing relational sufferings and struggles today, physical, financial, emotional, the question I want to ask you today is, will you reach out? Will you reach out trusting in the sovereignty of God? Will you step out of maybe pride or questions or doubt and reach out? Will you pursue Jesus for your answer? Will you move past the inconvenience of pressing through, of reaching out and taking hold of? Call out to Jesus. He loves you. He's walking with you today. And He's made His power available to you to receive your healing, to receive your deliverance, to meet you right where you are. Will you reach out? We hope you enjoyed the message. If you'd like to watch a service live online, you can join us every Sunday at 9 and 10.45 a.m. at live.faith.church. For everything else, check our website at www.faith.church.